Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, asking you to please send help so that you can get me out of this talking about YA. Hey, now. <laughs> too late. She doesn't really want out. I like you guys too much for that. <laughs> well, I'm reading right now book two of the Inheritance Games, The Hawthorne Legacy by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. I'm about two-thirds of the way through, and it doesn't disappoint. Oh, good. Good to know. It picks right back off from where book one ended, and I can't really say too much about what they're doing in the book because that will kind of ruin book one for you if you haven't read it. So, <laughs> like I said, it doesn't disappoint. It's really good, and I'm really enjoying it. Okay. Has she, has she picked a boy yet? No. Okay. I All don't right. think that spoils anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's Yeah, there's still the, the drama between maybe two. Okay. Like, okay. Well, Sarah, what are you reading? I'm currently listening to one called Scout's Honor by Lily Anderson. And you know me, I like weird. So this is about a group of girls that um, are part of an organization known as the Ladybird Scouts, which to the outside world do things like make almond butter sandwiches to, that you can eat before your SAT exams and things like that. But to uh, uh, insiders know that their real job is to fight interdimensional beings <laughs> that... <laughs> show up and feed on human emotion and um, if they get too large they feed on actual humans oh so this is about prue who is a former member but she kind of went through some trauma as a member and so now she's kind of um uh, you know retired so to speak even though she's just a teenager that sounds weird to say but she's out of the ladybirds but now she's been sucked back in to help train some new ladybird scouts so does sound weird it's a weird one <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Patty? What are you reading now? So I just read a book called Ain't Burned All the Bright by Jason Reynolds with artwork by Jason Griffin. It's a book of poetry. It's actually three really long sentences and 300 pages of a Moleskine notebook that Jason Griffin did all the artwork for. And it is about 2020 and everything that happened in 2020 and what it means to be a black person in America in 2020. It's dealing with uh, feelings about George Floyd and about the pandemic and the hopelessness and hopefulness and everything else. And I picked this up because we just had the American Library Association's Youth Media Awards, which is when they give out all of the awards for the year, the Prince and the Caldecott and the Newberry. And this book, which is for teens, won the Caldecott, won a Caldecott honor, which is given to best illustrations. And it usually goes to a picture book, but this was uh, very outside the box for the award committee. So I grabbed it and read it. It's a quick read. As you can imagine, it's three sentences <laughs> and yet 300 pages. And it is really good. And I'm, I'm going to be thinking about it for a while. All right. Well, what are we talking about this week? Well, it was Patty's turn to pick. So uh, you do the honors. Yes. 
This week, we picked a book by Rachel Lynn Solomon. It's called See You Yesterday. I will read the publisher's description, which is, Barrett Bloom is hoping college will be a fresh start after a messy high school experience. But when school begins on September 21st, everything goes wrong. She's humiliated by the know-it-all in her physics class. She botches her interview for the college paper, and at a party that night, she accidentally sets a frat house on fire. She panics and flees, and when she realizes her roommate locked her out of their dorm, she falls asleep in the common room. The next morning, Barrett's perplexed to find herself back in her dorm room bed, no longer smelling of ashes and crushed dreams. It's September 21st. Again. And after a confrontation with Miles, the guy from Physics 101, she learns she's not alone. He's been trapped for months. When her attempts to fix her timeline fail, she agrees to work with Miles to find a way out. Soon they're exploring the mysterious underbelly of the university and going on wild romantic adventures. As they start falling for each other, they face the universe's biggest unanswered question yet. What happens to their relationship if they finally make it to tomorrow? So this is a little bit, it's a, it's a romance, but it's got a little bit of a sci-fi twist. And um, what did y'all think of it? Let's talk about the cover first. Oh, I forgot <laughs> we have to talk about the cover. It's very, very, very pink. It's a nice shade of pink. I like it. Pepto pink. No, not quite. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just that's very. The color. It's very pink, and it's got uh, uh, black line drawings of Barrett and Miles going in and out of a white elevator. So, based on just the cover, would you have picked this book up? No. <laughs> I, I probably would not have either I, I picked it up because of the description not the cover yeah I, I agree I like the pink color but after that there's nothing the drawings aren't particularly compelling in my opinion it's just very um, like okay it matches if you've seen her um, other book today tonight and tomorrow it's blue with white and black line drawings on it as right. well. So, so they it, were trying to kind of copy They kind of go together. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I would have been like, oh, okay. And probably moved on. <laughs> I didn't really think about it, but it's kind of spoilery on the cover because. A little bit. I thought about that after yeah. I read it too. I was like, okay, this, this is like the last quarter, maybe even eighth I mean, of the book. Yeah, there's <laughs> something fairly significant on the cover. We won't tell you which part it is. Right. But <laughs> so what did we think of it? Well, I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I wouldn't say I ever got bored, although there were times when I thought it dragged a little. I was like, okay, I get it. We're, we're stuck in a time loop. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was just talking to another of our coworkers about it today, and I was like, I liked it. I wouldn't uh, say it was like my most favorite book I've ever read. I didn't hate it by any means, but it is fairly thick for them to be stuck in a time loop of repeating the same day over and over again. There were parts, I mean, I still enjoyed it, but she could have maybe done with less of the day's descriptions. I did think it was interesting or, that she, man, she tells you every yeah, day right. and there's no like jumping, like skipping ahead of time. I did enjoy, I really liked Barrett and Miles and I really 
I really liked Miles. I I would read this book again from Miles' point of view. I think that would be really interesting because <laughs> you only yeah. get Barrett's point of view. But I thought the romance was cute and like I did at times. I was like Barrett, why do you keep telling yourself like you you you'd never be together? Because there's nothing really keeping them from getting together except. Barrett's own mental blocks and she keeps being like oh well it's just because I'm in a time loop with him and I'm the only one interacting with him we'd never get along normally or we'd never you know we'd never. and I'm like why not I mean he was kind of doing the same thing I mean yes it turns out he was he did think she should but she's it's not that she thinks he's too good for him she just thinks they're too different and they would never get together and like I don't know it's just one of those no, things I'm saying he like, thought she was too good for him yes somebody like her would never want to be with somebody like him so anyway I, I did get a little frustrated with that I'm like oh my god just kiss <laughs> <laughs> no I like the slow burn so that didn't bother me and I really I do think like I understand that if they're stuck in this forever yes then First of all, there's not a rush. <laughs> there's and, not and a secondly, rush. Secondly, you would have to think like, you know, is this a real relationship or is this a I have no other options relationship? And he's the only person or she's the only person that really understands. I mean, they could have gone and been with other people if they could like get somebody within 24 hours, which probably they could. <laughs> but the next day it would have been all, all like starting again. all over again. So yeah. I would say that's more realistic too. They didn't just instantly fall in love. Oh right? yeah, so. and like I liked that. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was super cute. I I liked the banter in the book. I thought she did a really good job writing that, and and you kind of see how they do. You see how Barrett falls in love with them, and I like that. Yeah, I agree. Though I liked I liked Miles better than I liked Barrett. Barrett's sort of a mess and. There are times when I find her messiness entertaining and other times where I just find it messy. I will say I I listened to about half of this book and then I finished it by reading it. And I think I enjoyed it more when I was reading it than when I was listening to it. It's not the reader on the audiobook wasn't good, but something about her choices and how she chose to to emphasize different things were different than I would have. And I, I enjoyed it more just reading it than I did listening to it. I also did both, but I would say I enjoyed listening to it more than I read it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I only listened to it. and But there the only thing I, well, I mean, I feel like the narrator's British accent was, but I can't do a British accent either, but I thought hers was a little bit whatever. But I also didn't like the way she did. Um, the teacher. The professor had a British oh, accent. Oh, I was like, who had a British accent? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't That's in the book. Her that French right. accent was yeah. perfect, however. <laughs> That's right. She did mention that she had a British accent. I was like, what are you talking about? But I, um, it was the way she read the mother's lines. Because the author, like they reference Gilmore Girls, and the author kind of wanted, from what I've read in an interview with her, a Gilmore Girl mother-daughter type relationship. But the way that the narrator read it, I did not get Rory Gilmore or Lorelai Gilmore out of out of it, especially Lorelai. Like it was, she was so the to me. Barrett's mom was very saccharine, sweet in this yes. one, and I don't. Lorelai is sassy, not sweet. Anyway, and I did notice <laughs> that because I did read the big 
conversation with her mother. I didn't listen to that part. I, I was reading that part. And her mother comes off because I read the way, because her mother does a lot of things where she's like, Barrett, my love, my dear, you know, treasure of treasures, that sort of thing. Right. And to me, I read that as kind of snarky the way, you know, how like my mother would say it, which would be like, oh, treasure of treasures, <laughs> right. sort of. And the reader on the audiobook read it very like treasure of treasures. Like yeah, like a fairy godmother <laughs> talking to. Hello. It was an interesting choice. I was yeah. like, mm, okay. And you know, did it detract from the story? No. I mean, that's fine. So I'm nitpicking for sure. But oh, yeah. I just, I in my mind, Barrett's mom is a little different than the narrator's interpretation of her. What about what they chose to do? Would you, how would you, if you were stuck in a time loop, what would you do? feel like I am stuck in a time loop <laughs> reading YA books over and over and over again I also feel like you're limited by funds because yeah <laughs> I mean there are lots of things I would do but you kind of got to get money well I mean like they did they yeah, clearly they had didn't. money and they spent all their money like they bought like a Porsche. That, yeah, that one thing I was like, how did they have enough money as college kids in their account to get a Porsche? He says something about how he has $10,000, and I'm like, yeah, that would just needed enough for a down payment. That's right. I He's suppose. Like, and here all of it is. They got, what was it, like 15 dogs, and yeah, I, they bought an ice cream truck. Like, I just. No I, consequences. You know, they had a good time. I thought that was, I thought that was particularly fun. I think I enjoyed that part of the book the most, the various and silly things that they did yeah the tattoos cracked me up yeah I did like that part yeah <laughs> if you could get a tattoo of anything because it was going to be gone tomorrow yeah and I liked that they she they never really bothered to really explain the time loop like it's like you get sort of an explanation but well, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's maybe more magical realism than science fiction because yeah. it's, you know, even, even, uh, I mean, Miles, I guess, wants to figure out like, how do we, um, use physics to get out of this? And Barrett wants to figure out like, oh, if we can just like solve the riddle kind of, if we can just, you know, do maybe, the good deed. Yeah. Or- if I do enough good deeds or if I, you know, get on the paper then maybe that's what breaks out of this. Like she has nothing, she doesn't think it has anything to do with figuring out a time space continuum. It's more like push the right button and I'll break through. Oh yeah. And she's basing it on the movie Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I would, I don't know anything about physics. I'd have to go with the Groundhog Day. Yeah. Theme. <laughs> I mean, it did make me want to watch Groundhog Day again. <laughs> it does remind me a little bit of um, Rainbow Rowell's book with the, telephone landline took me a minute (laughs) in that sense of so she wrote that book and that book is about a a woman who's been married for a while and her marriage is having some trouble and things are happening and she ends up finding this landline telephone that allows her to call her husband when they were dating Sort of things, like before they get married. Okay, for our younger listeners, a landline is a phone that was attached to wires in your house. Right. It could not leave the room 
She does explain that in the book. She does explain what a landline is. But so, and and she was interviewed and she said in interviews, she's like, look, it's a magic phone. I don't bother to explain it. And if you can't go with it, this is not the book for you. And that sort of reminds me a little bit of this because I'm like, "Eh, yep, time loop. All right, sure. It's, It's the plot device. Yeah. Do I not, do. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say, do not go into this book looking for the explanation for how and why the time loop works. No, your physics professor would probably not put this on the assigned reading list. I do think it's um, a neat, neat device to use this um, to use the time loop, where she has to kind of you know choose something new for herself, or she chooses to choose something new for herself every day, and. As sort of the metaphor for her being a college student, she and Miles, and trying to kind of um, restart their lives when they get to college because they both have some stuff in their past that they'd like to leave behind. And so they're thinking, you know, as we all do, that college is a fresh start kind of thing where I can do whatever I want to do and be somebody different if I'd like, if you care to be. And she gets that chance to start over day after day after day after day and is that really good or not or do you end up being who you were that kind of thing well I do think setting a frat house on fire is a um, not a not the best choice (laughs) she didn't choose to do that she she didn't do it on purpose (laughs) but man she does have like the epically bad first day (laughs) it's good that she gets to do it again but was it actually her first day oh not according to Miles. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's weird too. I, mm-hmm. That makes your head hurt, and then I have to quit thinking about it. It also makes me feel bad. I'm like, Miles was there for like, I mean, two months, start, I think. I think it was longer than that because he says something like 80 days. I was like, that's a long time. Like 80 days or something was a long I was time. 60, I thought it was 61 days. Okay. Or, I was like, this is a long time to be alone, to be doing the same thing over and over and over again. I did think the twist, like, in the library, like, mm-hmm. the li- like yeah, yeah. Yes. the librarian at the end. We was might have appreciated that more because of our job, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I did like it. Was, it. Yeah, it was cool. that was nice. It's cute. I liked it. This is one of those books that, like, I'm, I'm glad I read. I probably, I don't know, I probably would have picked it up even if we weren't reading it for the podcast, because like I said, I enjoyed it. Um. I'm not going to read it. It's not going to be a reread for me. It's not going to be a keep and reread this over and over again. But I liked it. And I'd like to read, I read other things by her as well. Like she was, I liked her enough. I liked that her, I liked Barrett. And I liked that she was Jewish and a bigger girl. And they don't, she doesn't hide away from that. And that that was like an integral part of the plot and who she was. And like that came in that Miles was Asian and Jewish. And I liked that. I liked that. I thought that was an interesting little. Yeah. But also maybe you are reading it over and over again and you just don't know it. <laughs> maybe you're stuck on this day. Or mm. you're talking about it over and over again and you just <laughs> don't know it. You're making my brain hurt. <laughs> I will say this. To me, I think as far as books we've read for this podcast like that we've all collectively read for this podcast. This is probably the raciest one. I yes. <laughs> I mean not that it's like 
X-rated or anything. Don't get the wrong idea. But I feel like this was... There is a little spicy scene. Yeah, there was a little bit more spice, let's say. That's a good way to put it than some of the other books. I Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying. Like, we haven't read as many where they are actually adults. It was just an observation. I would say that. It is in our teen collection, and teen does go up to, to 18. I... And, like, I have seen it described as both a teen and a new adult book. So, like, that that 18 to 22, 23-year-old. Yeah. Um, and even that was done well. Even the spicy scene was not not too spicy for a teen, for an older teen. I was like, okay, all right. I didn't even remember what you were talking about when you described it as spicy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... I mean, I know what they did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, Catherine. (laughs) I guess. I don't remember it being graphic by any means. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I just mean that there was more. It wasn't an entire fade to black, which is what we normally get. Usually we get like there's a kiss and then that's it. Or maybe there's a kiss and then the next morning they wake up to get like this had a little bit more detail than that. Yes. Not. Graphic detail. Yeah. I guess that's more more on the teen side of young adult versus the adult side of young adult. (laughs) Trigger warnings just for people who who want to know. There is a talk about not quite sexual assault, but not not a great. Like um, emotionally traumatic. Yes. And bullying. Yeah, definitely, definitely bullying. Um, from, I mean, this this kind of scene takes place in like, when she was in high school, but it's not just from her peers. I feel like that was also from her like high school administration. Yeah. So there's yeah, some of that, that, was, that as that well. Was I was like, good lord, her school was just like no awful. support. Yeah, which made her just keep it a secret from everyone. Yeah, I mean, she just didn't talk about it. And it took me a minute to realize that the that the article that she wrote that made her high school turn against her was like, must have been like freshman year, because she talks like three years of just isolation and being treated poorly by everybody, including her teachers, which I was just like, this is a terrible school. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that there, yeah, there was an incident when she was freshly in high school. And that was the bullying. Yes. And then later, I mean, it just got worse. Yeah. But I did like the scene in the book, though, where maybe she got a little retribution. I'm not going to spoil that, really, but she did get a little retribution, and it was, like, nice because you knew it was going to be, like, a one-off because the day was just going to reset itself the next day, so it's not like it had further consequences, like what her actions were. But it maybe made her feel a little better. (laughs) And it wasn't anything terrible, I feel like. No, I was like, she was going to go for her revenge, and I was expecting it to be like yeah, I thought something, a revenge. There would be more to it than what there was. And I was like, oh, sweet Barrett, <laughs> your revenge is so... And just, it, it didn't really work out, but... No. I don't know. I Maybe the act of planning it and doing it made I her think, realize um, maybe it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, and I think she did get to confront the person that she right. felt was sort of the cause of a lot of her emotional pain. And right, that's, that's that what I mean. That was a good, 
yeah, good that she got to have that confrontation. And like you said, without any consequences, like the next day, she doesn't have to talk to that person again or, you know. Yeah. I would love to see like, like just like maybe even a short story, like four years later at the end of college, I'd love to see where her and Miles are and where her and Lucy are. Like her, her friend, not friend. Frenemies. Frenemy. I'd love to see kind of how their relationship grew. and I would say that relationship being stuck in the time loop was super frustrating because, like, oh. they had very good moments, and then it would just all go back to zero. And you're like, you know that potential is there, and you're like, please be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Barrett's got to be feeling that too because she's like, yeah, she'll make an effort and, and repair, re- try to repair a relationship, and, and then Lucy forgets it all the next day. Yeah, <laughs> I found like, myself sometimes forgetting. I'd be like, oh, but you guys worked this out. Oh, oh yeah, she no. doesn't remember any of that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I liked how she learned a little bit more about her every loop, and like she got a little bit more insight into who she was as a person. Um, and so who how what Barrett found out about Lucy every time made it easier every time for her to extend an olive branch and they could be confronted again which I I liked it I thought it was really an interesting fun use of the time loop also I want to adopt 15 dogs for a day and but then that's sad when you have to take them back to the shelter no you don't have to take them back they just disappear oh I guess Well, I mean, you're not going to be in a time loop, I assume. So I'm, if you were to do it, you'd end up taking them oh, back to the shelter. Yes. That's what I meant. <laughs> no. Not, and that's just sad. That you would give them be a day of sad. hope and then <laughs> you'll take it away. Oh, no, I would never do that. I would just end up with 15 dogs. <laughs> I know. How could you? My roommate would kill me. Mm. <laughs> well, Patty, you had mentioned a similar read-alike maybe yes do you have any others or is that your read-alike I think that's my read-alike I think that that that's the one that with the magical realism and the slightly different things that that's the one that resonates the most because that's a romance it's just a slightly older romance I don't really have like a good one that completely matches up with this book but I had a couple that maybe if you were a fan of the time traveling aspect of this You might like the book Time Between Us by Tamara Ireland Stone, which we talked about earlier in a different episode. It was the book recommended to us by one of our listeners. It's a romance with some time travel in it, but they're not stuck in a loop. There's just one character that's like kind of going back and forth. And then if you just like the romance of it, maybe a romance with a rocky start, I would recommend again, How Moon Fuentes Fell in Love with the Universe. But I really love that book. And... It's on the Georgia Peach Award nominee list that just came out today. Oh, that's right. And so is See You Yesterday. So so maybe that says something. Should check it out. Sarah, did you have any? Yes, I've got several, actually, I'd like to mention. Um, The first one is called The Do-Over by Lynn Painter. And in that one, um, 16-year-old Emily is stuck in a kind of Groundhog Day event time loop on Valentine's Day. But her Valentine's Day is a nightmare, just like uh, Barrett's first day of college was. She discovers her family is splitting up. Her boyfriend's cheating on her. She decides to make it a day of no consequences. But then her repetitive day suddenly ends, and now she's got to clean up. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The mess. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) And then there are also several that the author herself compared to um, this book um, when I read an interview with her, so I'm getting these from that. 
The first one is Before I Fall by Lauren Oliver. And in that one, um, Sam is a girl that's killed in an accident, but she gets to live the last day of her life over seven different times and try to do things differently a little bit each time and see how that changes things. I read that one. Also, The Opposite of Always by Justin Reynolds, which is a time loop love story. Um, she said that this, her book, See You Yesterday, would pair very well with um, a book called A Disaster in Three Acts by Kelsey Rodkey, which is a um, rom-com with a complete mess of a main character who Barrett would definitely be friends with. That's the author's words. <laughs> and in that one, 18-year-old ex-friends um, are forced to work together on a documentary that threatens to reveal their true feelings. So that one, um, maybe a shout-out to Miles's love of film in this book. Uh, if you want just the romance, she recommends um, Soulmates by Susan Lee. And um, if you liked the Jewish character, then she recommends How to Excavate a Heart by Jake Maya Arlo, which is a queer Jewish rom-com featuring college freshmen. Oh, Catherine, I saw that Eight Nights of Flirting uh, was a, I want to say it's a Prince Honor. It got an award yesterday. Of you, oh, I was like, because <laughs> you read that, that book yeah, and I you talked about book. that book and you liked that book. <laughs> I really enjoyed that book, though. Well, so did one of the committees. Well, it was well, I liked because it had more, a lot of depth besides just being a holiday story. Mm-hmm. So it like had a mystery element and some historical thrown in, and you got to learn a lot about the Jewish faith and like what Hanukkah actually means to them. So I thought that was cool. I liked this, um, the talk about Shabbat in this book. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really nice. And gives you a little bit, or for me, a little bit of insight into that religion to have them talk about their faith. I like the way Miles talked about his, too, about how he isn't half Asian, half Jewish. He is both Asian and Jewish. And how he sees himself is like that is all of him. Like he's all of that at once. I liked that. And I think a lot of people, I think that kind of representation means a lot because I know that there are people out there who are reading this book and seeing themselves in a book maybe for the first time. And I like that a lot. Well, if you're interested in knowing what we're talking about in next episode, it's Sarah's turn to pick. Do you want to tell us about it, Sarah? Sure. Is it going to be something dark and twisty? It is a little dark because it's a weighty topic. And it is a little twisty now that you mention it. I chose it because we were looking at Coretta Scott King Award and Honor Books, and this is one of um, the honor books, and it is called Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. It's a novel in verse, and it is about a young man named Will who loses a brother to gun violence. And what's really interesting is the action, all the action of this book takes place in the time that it takes Will to travel seven floors in an elevator. So I think you guys are going to like it. I'm looking forward to it. I can't say I'm looking forward to it just based on the grief I can imagine is in this book. Right. But I do want to read it. I do really like Jason Reynolds. I can do it. And I do really like Jason Reynolds. That is... Clearly Patty does. She talked about that book already. (laughs) Or a book by him already. This has been another episode of Spill Lit by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Sarah. I'm Catherine. And I'm Patty. 
And we want you to join us next time when we read Long Way Down, a Coretta Scott King honor book. Will this be the book that changes my mind about all YA? Tune in next time to find out. (laughs) Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading. We're putting a lot of pressure on that one book. I know. (laughs) 